0: Are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachtheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Turn to first Peter, please. Chapter 1. I trust you brought your Bible. You'll always be better off in the church with your Bible. First Peter Beginning at verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Look like somebody shot into God's children and scattered them. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season if need be. Ye are in heaven as through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, though that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. There's one subject that's welcome anytime in the Bible church and in the Christian's heart, and that is the resurrection, apart from which we are of all men most miserable. I've told a many a fairy tale. I've lied a many a time if Jesus Christ did not get up out of the grave. Turn to First Corinthians chapter 15, and I want our radio friends to hear this entire message. And I'll give you five or six reasons why I believe that Jesus is not dead today. First Corinthians chapter 15 tells us what the gospel is. We'll begin reading it. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. In other words, he said, if you got it straight, if you believe what I preached to you, you can go to heaven. Paul believed that everybody that believed him would go to heaven. Everybody didn't go to hell. That's what every preacher ought to believe. We know we have the truth if we have Jesus Christ and the gospel, which is still the power of God and the salvation. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. He, had that, he received it out on the Damascus Road when he met Jesus. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's half of the plan of salvation. That's all. That's not all of it if we stop there. If there had been a period put at the uh, end of scriptures and there hadn't been anything else and uh, we would of all men just be miserable and lost, and that he was buried. If they had put a period there, then we'd be sunk today. We'd have no hope. We'd be as uh, lonely as the Buddhists or the Mohammedans or uh, people with other strange gods, and that he was buried. Now then, we're coming up to a great truth, and that he rose again. The third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen as Cephas. Then of the twelve, after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain under this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me, also as of one born out of due, due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they are. Yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. This is the iciest trail I've ever traveled. Uh, He said, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. Your faith is also vain. Yea, and we're found false witnesses of God. That means liars, because we've testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You're yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. My mother and dad perished when they hauled them out to the cemetery. We preached what we thought was their commencement exercise and baccalaureate sermon, but they're dead forever. And there's no hope for my mother and dad apart. If in this life, if in this life, this life only, we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. <laughs> That's good. That changes it, doesn't it? Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. I give you the conclusion of this great chapter. He said uh, in the fifty let's begin reading at the uh, uh, 53rd. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Faith says that Christ is alive. And the greatest testimony that I ought to give, I'll give today about the living Christ. I would not debate anybody. I would not argue with anybody about whether Christ is dead or alive. But I believe I can prove to anybody. And I say this as humbly as I know how to say it. uh, Because the older I get in the ministry, the more insufficient I feel. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like saying a thousand times a day, who is sufficient for these things? I mean, who could? Uh, seek to do the things the Lord has asked us to do apart from his divine help. But um, I believe that Christ is alive today. I believe that he's, he, he died. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he arose again the third day. I believe that he's living. I believe that he'll soon be coming back. I have time, I think, to give you only five reasons why I believe that Jesus is alive today. Number one, the Bible says so. Jesus looked at his disciples one day, and he looked at his enemies one day. And he said, you know, y'all can destroy this temple, but in three days I'll have it up again. It'll come up. You can take me down, but I'll come up. I won't stay down. I won't stay in the grave at all. Death could not hold its prey, the songwriter said. Jesus, my Savior. Ah, listen. He arose on the third day. I believe the Bible. This is the only book that I've got any confidence in at all. I've lost confidence in man's writings and books and things, but this book says that Jesus arose again. Did you know that the coming of our Lord is mentioned more times, actually, the second coming, if you want to call it that, in the Old Testament than really the first coming? I mean, the Old Testament is always talking about the coming of our Lord and the coming of the day of the Lord. And uh, in the New Testament, of course, Jesus uh, said... Uh, uh, it's an angel back and said, Why stand ye gazing up into the sky? This same Jesus shall that you've seen go away into heaven shall come in like manner, even as you've seen him uh, go away. And Jesus said, uh, uh, Why, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Jesus, uh, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but me. Now, I believe this book is right. This book has been hated, it's been despised, it was written over a period of 1,600 years by 40 different writers, the first writer never saw the last one, and yet, they're chiseling out stones of truth, and when they're all put together, made a tremendous cathedral of heavenly truth, and that's not an accident. This is not an accidental book at all. And then, I'd like to say this other thing, the enemy couldn't destroy it, he couldn't burn it, he couldn't bear it and keep it buried, and uh, its promises are immutable, and uh, it's indestructible, it's incomparable... And it's inexhaustible. I mean, there's no way on earth. I mean, men have been studying this book. This is the only book that I ever want to read twice. Very seldom would I ever read a letter twice. I mean, when I read it, that's about it. I never would want to read. I never did read uh, uh, any of Zane Gray's books twice that I can remember. Trail of the Lonesome Pine and all that kind. I mean, just one time. I knew I was coming out then. I knew I was coming out. And uh, I I know this. This is the only book that gets richer and sweeter as the days go by. Yes, sir. I remember I used to hear my dad try to sing that old song. We don't sing it anymore. Sweeter as the years go drifting by. Richer, fuller, deeper. Jesus' love is sweeter. Sweeter as the years go by. Sweeter as these Bible years go by. And as you grow older, you know, maybe young people could say, I don't need the Bible because I'm young. Yes, you do. You need a foundation. You need a foundation. And then when you get old, you're going to need a pillar. You're going to need comfort. You're going to need strength. You're going to need assurance. You're going to need help. And uh, you're going to need the uh, blessings that the Lord alone has for you through them. I believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ is fact. And I believe that your faith is no good unless it's built on fact. Now, the Bible said, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Give you the next reason. I believe that um, Jesus is alive today because the best people in all the world believe it. The greatest people I've ever known, every person, every person, that has ever really been a great person believed that Jesus was alive. I've never known of a good man that did not believe that Jesus was alive. Now, you think that over just a minute. All the old saints of God that made the nation great, made the world great, and that were called the salt of the earth and the light of the world, all of these precious old people, they believed in a living Christ. They talked to a living Christ. They were clean. Their homes stayed together. Their little children were fine, and uh, they loved the Lord. And uh, they were honest, and they made their own living. They helped the poor. They dug the graves for those in the community that died, and made no charge. And uh, well, just so many. What you remember that? All the good and great people believe that Jesus Christ was alive. I'll have to. I'll have to line up with that bunch. I'll have to line up with a sweet crowd that believes in Jesus. The best people, right where they got that information. And listen, evidently that that fact uh, did something because their lives were different. Their lives were transformed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So I believe that Jesus is alive because all the good people that ever lived. Think of Mel Trotter, the old converted drunkard. Think of D.L. Moody, George Whitfield. Charles G. Finney, John Wesley. Think of Martin Luther uh, that uh, gave up his religion for faith in Christ. And you think of um, the uh, Billy Sunday. You think of the great preachers that have ever lived, on whose shoulders I stand to trumpet the truth of our Savior today. They all believed and they lived and died. You think of the early Christians who went to the chopping block with a smile and a song. You think of the Christians that went out to the Roman arena and they saturated their clothes with kerosene or some sort of oil and then would throw a match at them and they'd ignite and they'd furnish the light for the gladiators to watch the uh, terrible things that they saw. You think of the Christians that went with a song out into the Roman arena and they'd turned and opened a big cage and those old hungry, a lion would come roaring out of there and literally tear them limb from limb uh, while the Christians uh, prayed and praised God. They must have been living in Christ to have people do that. I mean, something had to be real Why they'd have said, listen, I wouldn't die... And for somebody like that, Paul walked up to the chopping block and said, Why, I've fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished the course, and looked up toward heaven and smiled and said, Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Why, dear friend, he said, for me to die is gain, and for me to live is Christ. For well, I said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live. I live with the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Men lived back in the... I can't imagine a Daniel going into a lion's den while he was talking to a dead God. I can't imagine a Daniel three times a day looking toward Jerusalem and talking to a heavenly Father that wasn't there and then go to a lion's den for, to die for somebody that couldn't answer and wouldn't have anything to do with him, little old captured Jew boy. He'd been through enough already, but praise God, he believed that God was alive and would stay alive, and he saw the Ancient of Days. Read it in your Bible. He saw the Ancient of Days. Ah, uh, listen, Daniel had faith in the living God. I don't believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would go to the fiery furnace without a faith in the living God. Why, they they said without a quiver. They didn't say, say, well, we'll have to pray about it or think about it. They said, listen, we may burn, but we'll never bend or bow. Take us on now. Heat your furnace, and uh, we're ready. And I tell you, they went into the fire furnace and came out without the smell of smoke. Why? There was a living God. A living God. Christ came to reveal that God. And you and I ought to be in touch with him today. Why do you believe that Christ is alive? The Bible says so. And the best people and the best preachers and the sweet old saints of God and the only people I've ever been able to trust down here have told me. My mother and my loved ones and my friends that really walked and talked with God, they had an enduring faith and an abiding faith in a living Christ. I want to give you a strange reason now. And yet this follows one that I gave you. The worst people and the most wicked people on this earth despise a living Christ. You talk about it. I've never lived. I don't think there's ever been a generation where people hated Christ like they hate him now. Hate the word of God. You can walk down the street with the Bible under your arm and you'll be ostracized immediately. You walk down the street with a caller Times and you'll be a regular fella. You can walk down with the Wall Street Journal and all the rest of it, magazines and all the rest. But when you walk down and identify yourself with the God of the Bible and the Bible of our God, you'll immediately be rejected. That crowd I can't go along with, their lies won't stand inspection. Liquor, drinking, cigarettes, smoking, dope, shooting, home breaking. I can't pitch in with that crowd. That crowd's lives won't stand inspection. they rejected a the living Christ. Therefore, their lives are no good. And let me say something else. Until I came to the place with an abiding conviction in a living Christ, my life was not clean and my life was not pure and my life was not right. It was a living Christ that entered a dead boy that brought him to life and made things different. And I'd be the first to say I've never reached that anticipated stage of perfection. I think I'm nearer than I have been in the past, and I ought to be, and ought not to be ashamed to admit it. But there'll come a day when I'll get a new body, and uh, God will perfect that which he has saved and started out. You see, being confident of this very fact that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm still going to preach a message soon, I think, on the doctrine of sanctification. What does it mean? Separation. What does it mean? Pure living. Clean. How can you do it in the dirty world? Just like they did back in those days, dear friend. God's grace is sufficient. I mean, the Lord didn't bow. I mean, the devil. Jesus didn't run from the devil when he invited him to the wilderness to meet him. Uh, Jesus, I think, lost no sleep or became nervous or pushed a panic button when he knew he was going to meet the devil single handed. And God was not overly concerned when the devil jumped on his servant Job. God said, I hope I can bring him through. I'm going to try. I, I'll give him all I got. And if I lose, I oh, no, God never did lose a victory. Never will. And he'll not lose in keeping my soul in my life if I commit it to him. May I remind you of one thought, and that is God keeps everything that's committed to him. Is your mind committed to him? Then you better leave your rock and roll and a lot of the junk you read along if it's committed to God. If you commit your mind to him, he'll take care of it. If you commit your body, he'll take care of it. If you commit your soul, he'll take care of it. So, I believe that Jesus is alive today. The Bible says so. The best people say so. And the worst people say it's not so. Which one you going to believe? Which one you want to live like? Which one you'd like to run with? My, listen, you walk across the town on Saturday night and go by these places and see them stagger and fall. We had an old drunk to come up the other day, the other night. And uh, he'd come up uh, not so long ago trying to get sober. And I let him have a razor and a blade to go get at his whiskers. He said, I've been on a long drunk. And I said, you needn't tell me. I can tell by looking. And uh, The devil's wooled you around. He said, oh, yes. He said, I'm so weak. I'm so sick. And, but he said, I'm going to lose my job. But if I could get shaved, I could go maybe. And he might take me back. I said, I'll help you do that. I said, you need Christ as you're and I talk with him and got him fixed up a little. He came again night before last he came on the, on the walk around, you know, and he found the oranges where I told him I gave him some the other day. He found that bunch of oranges. And after he got through drinking liquor and so weak and so ugly and wicked and, and, and oh, he fell down out there right on the walk. Just fell down, you know. I mean, isn't that a, it, it, that's a man of distinction. Have you ever heard that? But the men of distinction are fallen men, wicked men, liquor soaked men. And there he was. Hardly knew his name. Hardly knew where he was. Drunk again. Oh, listen, I can't get into that bunch. I love them, and I want to win them to Christ, and I want to help them. But is that the crowd you're going to follow? And yet that's the crowd that reject the resurrection of Jesus. i tell you somebody else that rejects the resurrection, that's the modernists and the infidels. And they may be in the pulpit today, too, but they have no message. Watch their fruits. By their fruits, ye shall do what? Ye shall know them. You show me a preacher without converts, and I'll show you a preacher without power and without any compassion at all. Show me a church that's not winning souls to Christ, I'll show you a church you better stay out of. Show me a preacher that doesn't preach the gospel and live the gospel, and I'll show you a preacher you better not try to fellowship with. And so I believe that Christ is real because, and alive, because the Bible says so, the best people say so, and the worst people say that's not so. Number four, I believe that Christ is alive today because of the miracles of this week. George Muller, Great man of faith, one of the greatest men of faith that ever lived. He'd go to bed at night and didn't have enough breakfast for his little children the next morning. And he'd pray. And many mornings, the front porch would be covered with groceries when he got up. That's George Muller. He never told anybody. You know what? I've said a thousand times. I wish I could say it again. I'd like to be able to pack my burden with nobody ever knowing it except him. I'd like to come to the place where all of my secrets would be just between me and the Lord. And if I need something, just tell him. Wouldn't have to tell anybody. I tell you, God still lives today. And Christ is alive today. He's powerfully interested in this work. The Lord will put his blessing upon the man or the woman or the boy or the girl that gets to thinking about somebody else. The malignant growth in America is selfishness. Every war has been a money war. Every one of them. And uh, even the religious wars were greed and uh, were because of bigotry and because of their religion and not because of their love for Christ. Miracles. Men who believed God have always seen miracles. You know, Elisha came out to uh, uh, the river one day and crossed over with this great preacher. And Elijah said, Son, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion. If you go to the Bible and can figure it out, you'll find that he, he, he performed by the power of God, of course. No man is a miracle man except Jesus. And all of his miraculous power comes through him, not through us. And the Holy Spirit is a miracle worker in the world today. Now, when Jesus was here, he performed miracles. You'll have to admit that miracle after miracle, fed the multitudes with one little uh, five loaves and two fishes, and he unstopped deaf ears and opened blind eyes, and he raised the dead, and uh, he uh, straightened out crooked legs and caused people to leap where they'd been limping, and he let them go into the temple praising God and made with no charge. But it was Jesus who worked the miracles. Now then, who's the miracle worker in the world today? Who could it be? It's certainly not Brother Olaf. I'd be the first to admit that I've never performed a miracle. It's the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit use to perform miracles? Does he use human instrumentality? Yes. As human instrumentality is clothed with this book right here. You see, when Jesus was here, he spoke. I read this morning in the uh, 33rd Psalm that he spake. He stood fast. That's right. The, the heavens were made. How? He spoke them into being. He spoke them in. Every miracle that he performed, he performed with his mouth. Did you know that the devil's going to be destroyed by the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the mouth, that Jesus Christ? Did you know Jesus is not going to come back and uh, get him a little old bloody sword or an atomic bomb or one of these little old bombing planes that people sail around uh, through space in? He's just going to come and speak, and the devil will be licked just with his word. God's not going to change his mind or his tactics or his methods at all. And so uh, Jesus performed miracles with his mouth. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? He takes this word right here. You know why we've gone out of the miracle business? We've gotten away from the miracle book. We're not going to have any more miracles. You know why God's blessed this home? One reason, because you memorize so much scripture and we're going to keep you right to it. There's never going to be a substitute for the Word of God. We're going to keep your little feet right to the fire of the Word of God. That's exactly what we're going to do. Just hammer right down. Stay right with the Word of God. You say, well, it doesn't do me any good. Done you more good than anything's ever happened to you. I mean, it's made you more different. You remember more Scripture and sang more songs and quicken your life and made you look prettier and better. God has blessed you through His Word. So the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. Last of all, and I'm through. Why do you believe Jesus is alive? Well, Jesus said he was going to get up. He's the most truthful man I ever met, and I don't have any reason to doubt him. He said, you can destroy this temple. I'm going to raise it up on the third day. Jesus, the best man, he never broke a promise. He told his disciples, he said, now, y'all, get over, yonder; I'm going to meet you. And they, he met them after his crucifixion. He made an appointment with them. Before he died, he made an appointment with them. And uh, then he showed up, and uh, he walked along the Emmaus Road with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and uh, he spoke with him. And the uh, um, Bible said he, he did some expositor preaching of himself. He told them all about himself. He told him, And then he went home with them for the meal. And while he broke the bread, uh, their eyes were opened. And then he vanished out of their sight but showed up again. The two disciples went back saying, Did not our heart burn with us as he talked with us along the way? Yes, Jesus is alive today. Do you believe in Him? Have you trusted Him as your personal Savior? Every life here without Christ is empty. There's no hope in life, and there's no hope after death apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, last of all, this is a personal testimony. I believe in Christ because He's done so much for me. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.